Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. Each week, we'll be talking with real people with real stories about things they have not said or done or have said or done in their workplace that required bravery. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Ed Everts, and I'm the founder and president of Excellius Leadership Development. Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. I hope you have listened to our past podcast conversations. And if you'd like to hear past episodes, go to BeBraveAtWork.com, subscribe to our podcast, and learn some valuable lessons about bravery at work. My new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High-Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Success, is now available at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and at any online book retailer you prefer. Check it out today. Our podcast today is sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies. Based in Woburn, Massachusetts, Cabot Risk Strategies has created innovative and customized insurance strategies for individuals and families, businesses, nonprofits, commercial real estate, and public entities. Cabot's client base continues to expand, both within the region and within the markets they serve. And if you're looking for customized insurance services and solutions, contact Cabot at 800-222-5963 or visit them at cabotrisk.com. We are going to be continuing our conversation with Carol Valone Mitchell, who co-founded Talent Strategy Partners, a talent management consulting firm. She has worked with numerous Fortune 500 companies to identify and develop leaders who can build and nurture the right workplace culture and drive results. She received her doctorate in organizational behavior from the University of Pennsylvania, where she developed the Women's Leadership Blueprint, a behavioral profile of success. She uses this expertise and her 20 years of leadership development experience as a go-to speaker for companies and professional associations. She is also the author of the book, Breaking Through Bitch, How Women Can Shatter Stereotypes and Lead Fearlessly. Please listen as we continue our conversation with Carol. I will tell you as a leadership coach based in the New England market, this word empathy is a real hot button word for leaders today. And it's really interesting and it may be behavioral, uh, it may be personality based, I'm not sure, but uh, the gap that exists with some leaders between uh, not being and being empathy, right? So for some people, it's a quick little jump where they understand how to be more empathetic with those that they work with. And for others, it's a cavern, it's a huge, huge, leap. And in some ways, it's almost impossible for them to naturally be empathetic. It, it's it's interesting. Right. Well, you know, and, and in my more recent research um, with collaborative male leaders, what that has illuminated for me is that for so long, and I think men in particular, although women as well, we, we were taught not to be emotional at work. And so for so long, when you lock that down, sometimes I think you just forget to pause <laughs> and read a situation and, and recognize what someone else is, must be feeling. I'll put it that way. Being able to just pick up what you see and kind of translate that into how that person must feel. And one of the things that I think for men, uh, and, and I'll say for some women as well, there's a hazard. You know, you ha- you do have to be brave to be empathetic because when you're empathetic, when you actually 
can feel what the other person is feeling. And, you know, and that's when they're feeling something bad, you know, a, a bad feeling, it can bring up emotions in yourself and you may fear that you can't keep them under control. So, you know, I mean, for someone, you know, maybe they think that they're going to burst into tears or whatever, that they're going to somehow lose their composure. So I think that empathy does take bravery. It does take some practice. Um, Brene Brown talks about this to be able to, to be empathetic, but, you know, don't go crawling down the rabbit hole and make that person's feelings and problems your own, because then you've got two people stuck in that hole. <laughs> and you're not gonna help. Right. I love that metaphor. Um, right. But uh, I think empathy has, you know, a, a tangle of issues that need to be unpacked for, for people to, to be able to be that way after it being suppressed for so long. Um, and empathy can be learned. Uh, it's not, you don't, you don't have to be born with it. I mean, a lot of people have it, but it can be learned. It's a tough, tough lesson. I think for a lot of folks to learn empathy, I agree with you. I believe it is a very learnable behavior. I think you need to practice yeah. being empathetic, right? It's not like a light switch that, you know, one day you weren't the next day you're, you're Mr. Empathy or right. Miss Empathy, but uh, you know, but you're, you know, you're touching on some behavioral aspects of gender in the workplace, which if we had a whole nother podcast, we could talk about, but, you know, uh, in addition to, you know, the title of your book is, uh, you know, the behavior of men in the workplace and, you know, this belief that men don't cry. Right. And this comes from a long history that, you know, men were raised to be strong and emotionalists and, you know, go out and just take on the world and bring home the money and, women were meant to be at home and keeping the family happy and demonstrating femininity, et cetera. And these are the cultural aspects that we've all been raised on. Right. Yeah. Um, and those, I mean, there are children out there now learning the exact same lessons that we grew up with. Um, it's very, very embedded in the culture. I wanted to mention the, uh, as far as learning empathy, there's research out there and there's, there's some work around that for helping physicians be more empathetic, uh, which I thought was interesting. And the other thing is that this was from another researcher that said that reading fiction actually helps people develop empathy because as you're reading and getting into these characters, it does make you have to be empathetic with them. I mean, it's it's like an exercise, if you will, which I thought was interesting. Well, first off, I have some colleagues who work specifically with doctors, and doctors have a reputation for being highly unempathetic. Right. And, you know, they're very clinical and they're very neutral in respect to their relationship with pa uh, patients because they don't want to give false hope or be too dismissive, right? So they have to be so, so central that they come off as being highly unempathetic, which some people relate to uncaring, right? Uh, you know, we start to transition it from what it is they are to other things. And that might be true for women in the workplace who uh, 
might be perceived as being bitchy in that they are so uncaring or so neutral that they're not demonstrating what we have been raised to believe are more feminine type behaviors. Precisely. Right. So and I just wanted to mention you you talked about collaboration and men, and I think you're working on a new book just to balance out the, the relationship uh, between women leaders mm-hmm. and uh, the book that we're talking about today and a book that will be published either later this year or next year focused on men's leadership. Is that correct? Yes. And specifically, it's um, it's looking at successful male leaders who lead collaboratively. So it struck me that it would be good to give voice to the men that are out there leading collaboratively. And this is before the pandemic. And, you know, I, I really started doing this research probably two years ago. Um, I felt that my motive was, first of all, that men were asking about when I was going to write the book for men, and which puzzled me because they loved breaking through bitch. They wanted to know how to lead like this. However, they couldn't just act the way I described in the book because then they would be acting like women. (laughs) (laughs) Really, absolutely. Um, And so I thought, well, I guess I need to find a a group of C-suite level men who are collaborative leaders. And I, um, I did that through my network, through um, uh, either my own interactions uh, with these men as my client um, or executive women who report to these men um, and talked about how they led. So that's the group that I looked at. And, um, And so I spell out a leadership model for how men lead collaboratively. And um, I guess one one of the findings that was interesting, and this relates back to Breaking Through Bitch as well. In, um, In Breaking Through Bitch, there's a competency called balancing assertiveness. I actually changed the title of that. I think in the book, it's called tempering assertiveness. And... Um, so when I was on the speaking circuit around the book, um, that, that didn't play all that well with women. Uh, they didn't like that. They didn't like the thought of tempering assertiveness. But when I realized what I was trying to spell out there was how you balance, you balance assertiveness. Um, you take the sharp edge off of it, if you will. For men, there's a competency that I have called tempering ego. And it really is about putting your ego aside so that you can focus outward rather than inward. It's a way of getting rid of a competitiveness that can be detrimental to collaboration. So I, you know, there are some parallels there that I'm, excited about and I'm looking forward to doing the speaking tour for this book for the new book 
and bringing, you know, showing those comparisons, because I think it's part of the, I think helps move along women advancing more into leadership roles. If we have men who are demonstrating similar characteristics and normalizing them and people realizing this is the way to lead, I think we are now going to see many more women reaching those highest levels. Well, it sounds fantastic. I'm excited to be able to read it. And if part of your book focuses on ego and the male ego, I think you're going to hit the cover off the ball because it is a huge influencer in how men are raised and how they perceive themselves to lead an organization successfully, where as the president of a company, somebody with a huge ego never says they're wrong, is always right, mm-hmm. uh, always knows the right answer. And in reality, the more effective collaborative leader operates in a much different fashion. That's right. That's right. And um, it's it's a huge issue. And uh, in fact, we were talking earlier about uh, an article that I've written that in fact sees um, the downside of ego, how ego has prevented some men from leading collaboratively at, you know, on the global scale. Um, so it's, um, I think it's a big issue. And I also know that when, uh, when I was trying to get a publisher for the second book, my original title was called Breaking Through Ego. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, um, they, I, I, the feedback I got was men won't buy that book. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, my colleagues were like, well, that's because men have such a fragile ego. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but I just think it, I think it's a foundational competency to be able to be confident enough to put your ego aside you don't have to prove yourself um you know which you know that whole that whole scenario of having a such a big head right that you can't fit through the door um and that's a problem and men have told me that 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 one of the pleasures of having a woman as a boss or, you know, as a peer leader, is that you don't have to manage an ego, whereas so many men, you really do. Um, And it's, I mean, in many ways, it's no fault of their own, you know, let's, let's face it, you know, they grew up and, you know, your whole professional life is about building your confidence in your ego when you're a man. So it's, um, you know, it's, it's not, they had help getting there. Let me put it that way. <laughs> yes, we have. Yes, we have. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't say they. No, that's okay. That's but, okay. But anyway. So, Carol, as we close out our conversation today, I'm just wondering if, for women listeners, if there's any advice that you have on, you know, even if it's one piece of advice, on ways that they can be braver in the workplace. Is there something general that women can do to demonstrate greater bravery? Is there a way of thinking about things that women can do to be braver? What comes to mind on that topic for you? One just needs to be 
able to step up to the plate and go for it. And I think what helps is to spend some time connecting with other people and knowing that they are supportive. And I think that then that helps you have the bravery to step forward. And I'll just point to, you know, we opened the conversation with me naming my book, (laughs) Breaking Through Bitch. And that, that felt like a huge risk to me. And I was able to step up because I knew that there were people that believed in me and supported me. And I thought, I, I'm just going to go for it. So I, I guess the, the lesson there, and this is the lesson of breaking through bitch in the whole book really is engaging people, um, knowing people who share your goals and, uh, and will support you. Great. Well, I love that idea of building relationships because I think that's a key component to being effective. A lot of the work that I do with clients isn't based on what they do. A lot of the folks I work with are experts as attorneys or pharmaceutical engineers or manufacturing professionals, et cetera. It's how they do it that really influences their success. And many of them don't build relationships or don't go for it, right? And so that impacts their ability to be successful. So Mm -hmm. Carol, thank you so much for your time today. You are very welcome. It was a pleasure. And how can people get in touch with you if they'd like to talk to you a little bit more about your book or about the organization that you run or your next book? How can they connect with you? The best way is, first of all, to, to visit my website, which is carolvalonemitchell.com where you can learn more about me and learn more about uh, both uh, Breaking Through Bitch and my upcoming book, which is called Collaboration Code. And also there's a place where people can contact me through that website. Um, There are links there for buying my book as well as a link to my company website, which is talentstrategypartners.com. Fantastic. Carol, thanks again for joining us today. Thank you, Ed. Take care. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us this week, and we hope you join us next week as we further explore being brave at work. We also remind you to subscribe to our podcast at bebraveatwork.com and or download and listen to our podcast on Pandora, Spotify, Google, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Apple, Overcast, CastBox. We are everywhere. Do you have something to say yet are not saying it? Do you have something to do yet are not doing it? Now is the time to be brave at work. Have a great week.